0: Morning. So we call in the church world where everybody's so exhausted from last week that they couldn't quite make it out this week, but I'm glad to see you. I don't mean to chastise you you all that made it. No, I'm just kidding. God is good. Isn't He? Isn't God good? There are a couple things I wanted to mention that that were not in the announcements. Um, I just keep meaning to, to tell you all this. I don't know if y'all remember. Several weeks ago, I announced that, the, or I didn't announce, I talked about, um, there was a pastor in um, West Virginia who had lost, um, lost a son and was going through a really hard time. And so we took a special offering. I never had the opportunity to tell you we took uh, $520 as a church, and we sent that on to her. Um, so I just wanted to thank you. I like to be very open and honest and talk, tell you about that. Also, this, this past week um, was uh, last Saturday or Friday, was a golf tournament for camp quality, the camp here in, in Missouri that helps uh, kids with cancer. Um, our church sponsored a hole, so uh, I just wanted to let you all know that that, your, that this church sponsored a hole, which was 150 dollars that we put towards camp quality, helped them raise. Uh, over $5,000 this past Friday, yes, so, um, yes, give that a hand, it's a great, if you, if you don't know anything about Camp Quality and you'd like to donate or become involved, please see Jane uh, Swales, it's one of the many things that she does and is involved in that most people don't even know anything about, um, but anyway, I just wanted to let you know that that's where uh, some of your money went to to go towards Camp Quality, um, so I just wanted to let you all know that. Also was not in the announcements, but I think it's worth announcing. Um, May 4th is the work day in Pleasant Hill. That goes on till four when we come back. Um, if you have any energy left, get cleaned up. One of our very own is opening up a studio here in downtown St. Joe. And the grand opening for that is May 4th. Keaton uh, back there, yes. I was able to go in and take a tour of it the other day, and it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, So go down, support him, show him some love. We need to support one another and be there for one another. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, John chapter 21 is where we're going to be today. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to be in the whole chapter. Um, I also want to announce that we don't have a fancy slide up for it yet, but we will on June the 9th, which is a Sunday, Sunday morning, Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter, we're going to be having a baptismal service right here in this church, in our own baptismal. We're going to get this bad boy up and running and get it fired up. So if you have not been baptized according to scripture, what did Jesus tell the disciples in the Great Commission? Matthew 28, go preach the gospel to all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's something we do in this church. If you have not been baptized and you want to be, June 9th, mark your calendar. Leading up to that, we're going to have a couple of of teaching um, um, evenings where we will teach uh, on baptism. So that's coming up June 9th. I'm not sure what's going on, but... Something important. I saw a pastor tweeted, uh, tweeted out this morning that said, you can all go to a three-hour, uh, you can all sit still for a three-hour superhero movie and not, make, not move a muscle, but as soon as I get up to preach, everybody has to go to the bathroom. I thought that was funny. Anyway, do with that what you will. John chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. Okay, so last week was Easter, right? Jesus is still alive. Amen? Yes, amen. We celebrate Jesus' resurrection on Sunday, but every Sunday's Easter. He's alive every week. Every Saturday's Easter. Every Monday's Easter. Every Tuesday's Easter. It's not just once a year, I'm going to go to church and do my one-year penance. No, Jesus is always alive. Resurrection life is always possible to those who believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. If you're reading King James, it says, it happened on this wise. I don't know why, I just think that's cool how it says it in King James, but we don't talk like that anymore. So it happened on this wise. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus is what that's supposed to say, or the twin, so it's, it's believed that Thomas had a twin brother, or I also heard that Thomas actually looked a lot like Jesus. Thomas did, or Didymus, the twin. Um, Nathanael from Cana and Galilee, we all you remember Nathanael when he was called, uh, Jesus said, I saw you sitting under the tree, and Nathanael was like, wow, you really are the son of God. And Jesus said, oh, just wait. If that that excites you, that I saw you sitting under the tree, you're in for a ride, son. Go back and read that. That's That's a cool story, the call of Nathaniel. From Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee were there. Okay. And two other disciples were together. Not worth mentioning, obviously. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. If you have King James again, Simon Peter says, I go a-fishing. He must have been from the south. We'll all go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And I'm going to stop right there for just a second because all my life growing up, as I have read the book of John, this has always troubled me. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, And this is where we're going to begin. I'm going to lay the foundation this way before I really get after you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. The disciple whom Jesus loved, and as I grew up in the church all my life, born and raised, went to Christian school all my life, had to read the New Testament numerous times over and over, have read the book of John. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you. I've read it over and over. This has always bothered me the disciple who Jesus loved. Six times we're told in the book of John that there was a disciple that Jesus loved. Six times we're told that. And this, to me, growing up, was always a little bit disturbing because it's bad enough that it seems like in life that teachers have favorites, (laughs) that coaches have favorites, that aunts and uncles have favorites. Sometimes it seems like grandparents have favorites. Sometimes it even seems like parents have favorites. Now, I was not subject to that. I was raised by two perfect individuals. They're up here in front row. Or maybe it's because I was the favorite that I didn't ever feel that. My sisters will let you know how they feel about that. But then we see in the book of John, does God have favorites? It's bad enough that everybody else has favorites. And now we finally... Okay, I'm going to come to Jesus, Lord. I'm going to come to you. But what is this? Bosses have favorites. Coaches have favorites. Parents sometimes have favorites. Aunts, uncles. The last thing that this world needs is a God who plays favorites. The last thing that you need is a God who plays favorites. The last thing I need is a God who plays favorites. But this clearly says the disciple whom Jesus loved... And if you were at um, the mid and FCA, you heard a little bit of this, isn't that right, Nikki? When I went and spoke to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at mid and I touched a little bit on this point. Does God have favorites? Well, who's, who's being talked about here? That's what I made the kids at, at the FCA we had to identify. Who's being spoken of here? The disciple who Jesus loved. If you know anything about the book of John, you know John's talking about himself. John never identifies himself in the Gospels as John. He always identifies himself as the one who Jesus loves. John's identity was formed in the love that he felt from Jesus. Maybe John was the only one that got it. Maybe John knew how much Jesus loved him. Maybe John saw how much Jesus loved him. Because John was the most devoted he's the only one we find at the cross there's a devotion that comes from receiving the kind of love that john received from jesus there is a devotion that will be born in you when you begin to let yourself be the one that jesus loves because who's the one that jesus loves you are you're the disciple that jesus loves you're the one that jesus loves you're his favorite you're the one that he loves John just understood something that the rest did not quite get yet. John knew something. And then John's, John's teachings are all built upon this. John is the one who tells us, God is love. John gives us John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. John understood that his identity was not in his own name, was not in who he was or where he was from. His identity was found in the fact that Jesus loved him. So I'm here to tell you this morning, your identity is not what other people say about you. Your identity is not what your name is. Your name is, your identity is not where you came from. Your identity is found in how Jesus feels about you. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you know, more than I can express to you. You are loved. You are the one that Jesus loves. You're the one. Who is this disciple that Jesus loves? It's you. You. Accept that. Feel that. If we can begin to understand that, and we've begun to understand what it's like to be a Christian. To be loved by God, to be human. Not just be a Christian, but what it's like to be a human. To be loved by God. Sorry, I just spit when I talked. That's what this is for. It's really just a salad bar shield. The sneeze shield. I used to work at Bonanza Steakhouse and we had a sneeze shield. I'd always hate it when you see somebody stick their head underneath it to grab a cherry tomato or something. Like, no, you're supposed to stay above the shield. We don't want your germs. I'm a bit of a germaphobe, sorry. I don't know where that came from. Forgive me, Lord. Jesus loves you. He doesn't have favorites. We're, we're told in Acts the 10th chapter, God is no respecter of persons. Peter finally comes to that realization in Acts chapter 10. I see now that God's no respecter of persons when Cornelius gets saved and receives the Holy Spirit. You are the one that Jesus loves. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not love one above the other. But what we do with that love determines our fate that's right. what we do how we accept that love John understood that he was loved you're the one that John loves okay so that's where we're starting that's the foundation I wanted to lay okay as soon as Simon Peter heard him say it's the Lord he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water <laughs> Peter's nuts <laughs> Peter does some crazy things ah oh, it's the Lord Cannonball. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore. John makes sure to tell us that Peter didn't have to swim far. About 100 yards, about a football field, about half as far as Patrick Mahomes can throw it. <laughs> Big Patrick Mahomes fan here, sorry if you didn't know. When they landed, they saw fire burning coals, there were fish on it, and some bread. And if you remember, last Sunday after Easter, Pastor Walker preached from this text, and he talked about how the first thing that Jesus did when he was resurrected was cook dinner. Cook breakfast, not dinner, cook breakfast for the disciples. That's the kind of God we serve. He's a servant king. I'm not going to re-preach his message. It was good. Go look it up on the podcast if you can find it. Uh, Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Um... Okay, this is now the third time Jesus appeared. No, I haven't read this yet. Jesus said to them, sorry, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them and did the same with the fish This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Next slide. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And we don't know for sure what Jesus was talking about. Was he talking about the fish? Was he talking about the disciples? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time Peter was hurt. That's what the text tells us. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted, when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, there he is again, was following them. This was the one who leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Isn't that just like us? Uh, mm-hmm. When God tells us to do something, or the, what we're going to have to do, or a hardship we're going to go through, we're like, well, what about them? Why do, how come they don't have to go through it? How come they don't have to suffer? Because of, uh, and Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. So the first thing I talked about was Jesus loves you. And the next thing is, do you love Jesus? Because Peter was asked this question three different times. Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I think it's interesting to note here that three times Peter denies Jesus, three times he has to answer to Jesus. This is what, what is called the restoration of Peter, when Peter is restored into the ministry. And I also think it's interesting, though, that Jesus has risen from the dead, right? He's already appeared to the disciples twice. They have seen someone come back from the dead, and they've seen him twice, and they still go back to fishing. Peter probably hasn't fished. It's likely that Peter has not gone fishing for three years. Because you remember in Luke, the fifth chapter, when, when Peter gets in his boat, and he lets Jesus use the boat, and then they, have, they bring in a big haul of fish, And then Jesus said, follow me. And it says, they dropped everything and followed. They left all. It says they left all and followed. So for three years then, Peter followed Jesus. And now Jesus is gone. But then Jesus comes back. Jesus dies and he comes back. And they see the resurrected Jesus. And they have their Easter service with him on Easter Sunday. He shows up, remember? They have their little Easter Sunday service. And then Peter says, I'm going back to fishing. And that's where a lot of our Easter crowd is this morning. They went back to fishing. (laughs) Jesus says, do you love me? Yes, I do. Then there's work to do. Do you love me? Yes, I do. Then there's work to do. Do you love me? Yes, I do love you, Lord. Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Then there's work to do. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep over and over. Do you love me? Okay, great. That's great, Peter, that you love me. I appreciate that. There's work to do. River Church, do you love Jesus? Do you love him? Yes. The the correct answer is yes. Well, then there's work to do. Do you love him? Yes. You know I love him. Okay, then we have work to do. We have work to do. We've got one life. Pastor Rocker and I were talking this week, and he's like, man, we've got one life. We've got one opportunity that God's given us on this planet. There's work to do. Amen? Every Sunday's Easter around here. You know, before Easter Sunday service, I'm up here making sure everything's clean. I'm up here, you know, making sure that this thing, the, this is polished. No fingerprints. The, the floor's been vacuumed. I mean, we've try to put our best foot forward on Easter Sunday, right? Every Sunday's Easter Sunday. Every Sunday's Easter Sunday, River Church. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Yes, I do. Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes. Jesus, you know I love you. Stop asking me that question. And what, what is the response from Jesus? He doesn't say this, but this is what he's saying. Prove it. Here's your chance to prove it. Now, please, I want you to hear this as invitation, not as law. Hear this as invitation, not as law. It's invitation. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. It's invitation. I'm not. I'm talking to myself this morning. I'm talking to all you too, but do we love him? Then we have a job to do. Everybody's not going to hold the microphone and get up here and make a fool of themselves like I do. (laughs) Thank you for that, amen. But we all have a job to do, we all have a work to do. God has called each and every one of us to do a work. We all have a circle of influence that we affect. We can either affect it for good or for bad. Amen? Do you love me? Do you love Jesus? Our work is not over because Easter has come and gone. Our work is just beginning. Amen. Jesus is resurrected. We have to feed the sheep. We have to feed the lambs. Jesus tells us where we can find him on this earth, right? Mm -hmm. We find him in the lost and in the broken and in the... Here's a quote from uh, Bonhoeffer I read this week. If the hungry do not come to faith... The guilt falls on those who denied them bread. We have a job to do. If we love him, we need to feed the sheep. And I'm not just talking about physically feeding people. Spiritually feeding people too, yes. But we have a job to do, River Church. Become part of it. Get plugged in. Get, get Hey, we all have different... We all have different gifts, right? We all have different things that we can do. I'm not good at lots of things, most things, anything, some might say. But we all have something that we can do, right? We all have somewhere we can plug in. We have people who are good with flowers, so they work on the flowers. People who are good with uh, electronics, so they help get like the TVs and stuff hooked up and, and all that stuff. If there's something you're good at, there's a place for you here. And if there's nothing you're good at, there's a place for you here. It doesn't matter. But become part of the church. We want you to become part of the church. We have a job to do. Our community is hurting. Our community is dying. Our community needs life. Needs resurrection life sprung back into it. We have the goods. We have Jesus, right? Who can bring resurrection. Jesus still resurrects the dead. He still brings life into dead places. Listen to your police scanner. Look at your St. Joe post. This community is in trouble. This community needs Jesus. We have Jesus. Amen. It's time to take him to the community. Amen. It's time to feed the sheep. It's time to feed the lambs. Amen. Amen. Do you love me? So, first point, God loves you. Jesus loves you. You are the one that he loves. But do you love him? Do you love him? Jesse talked about it this morning. Sometimes we sing the songs and we don't even think about the words. Do you love him? Do you love him? If you do, then there's a job to do. We have a job to do. We have a job to do as as individuals in our own lives. The people we come in contact with, we have a job to love them, to treat them like Jesus, no matter where they are, no matter what they're going through. We accept them and love them, and we treat them like they are Jesus. We treat them how we would treat Jesus if he was in that situation. Amen? Because today Jesus is not found at the top of the steeples. Today he's found in the bread line. Today he's found in the jailhouse. Today he's found in the homeless shelter. Today he's found in the immigration office. Because Jesus is the stranger. Jesus is the imprisoned. Jesus is the sick. Jesus is the poor. Jesus is the hungry. He's the thirsty. That's where we're going to find him. And that's where we can make our difference. And that's who we are called to. Amen? Amen. I tweeted this out this week. If you're following him on Twitter, you got to see this. It was going to be a sermon someday, but I feel like it's appropriate here. In Matthew, uh, I believe it's nine-ish, nine or 10, Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. But then in Matthew uh, Matthew 25, Jesus tells us who he is. He's the stranger. He's He's the imprisoned. He's the sick. He's the hungry. He's the thirsty. If we deny the imprisoned, the stranger, the hungry, the sick, before men, then when we stand before God, well, you know what he said. Then we'll be denied. Do you love him? Do we really love him? Do we really love him or do we just want what we can get out of him? Do we really love him or do we just want our best life now? Do we really love him or do we just want big bank accounts and so that we think that that there's some key and some formula we can unlock by what we put in the plate will make us wealthy. And so that's the only reason we come. Do you really love him or do you just want what you can get out of him? Because if you love him, you're going to reach out and feed others. Amen? Amen. I don't mean to belabor the point. Matthew 26, 6 through 13. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. They said, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Mark's gospel tells us that this perfume could have been sold for a year's wages. That's some, like, Chanel number no. 5 or something. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not uh, Gloria Vanderbilt or, um, you know, Primo. <laughs> What's, what was the old commercial? If you like Giorgio, you'll love Primo. Well, this wasn't Primo. This was the good stuff. A year's wages it could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And I just want to stop right there. People point to this and say, Jesus didn't care about the poor. Yes, Jesus did. (laughs) He told us that he is found in the poor. It is our job. Jesus in us is to find Jesus in them and to minister to them. Um, But you will not always have me with you in this state. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. That's a startling statement that Jesus just made. When you tell my story, tell hers. When you talk about me, I want you to tell this story too. Jesus says that of no one else, He doesn't say it about the disciples who left everything. He doesn't say it about his parents. He doesn't say it about John the Baptist. He doesn't say it about the Pharisees. He says, when my story's told, you tell her story too. Why is that? I'll tell you why I think it is. (laughs) Because this is what following Jesus looks like. Emptying yourself of all you have. All you're worth. Everything you've got, Jesus. Jesus, everything, this is my future. I, 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 I read that the, that was a, it likely could have been what was called a dowry. This was her life savings. Years' wages, I mean, that makes sense. Could have been sold for a year's wages. Her future was wrapped up in that. That was all of her future. And she poured it out on Jesus. And Jesus said, that's the story that I want told with mine. Because that's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. All of, all of my future, everything I have, I poured out on Jesus. I'm not telling you to drop out of college and <laughs> empty your savings account. It's not what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, everything you have is required to follow Jesus. A lot of us think, man, I said the sinner's prayer in 1982, and I'm good. I got my uh, ticket to heaven. got my ticket to ride, as Toby Mac says. I got my one-way ticket to heaven. It's all good. Uh, Jesus, I'll see you there. But for the rest of my life, I'm going to take care of this. I got this covered. That's not how this works. That's not what it is to be a follower of Jesus. It's all I have. All my hopes, all my dreams, all my future, God, it's yours. I pour it out on you. I pour it out on you. Jesus took her story and said, That's the one I want told anytime you tell mine. Everywhere that this gospel is preached, why? Because that's the kind of devotion that it takes to be a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And again, hear this is invitation, not law. This is invitation. This is invitation to be a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. God is good. His story is forever married. Her story is forever married to the gospel. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Everything, every day, not just Easter and Christmas. Everything, every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's, a lot that, there's a lot more that I could say, and there's a lot more in my notes, but I think we've found a good place to put a caboose on this. We are called to be co-laborers with Christ. In 1 Corinthians uh, 3.9, Paul tells us we are co-laborers. We work alongside of Jesus. That's right. That means this work that we are called to is we're working alongside him. Not independent from him. Not, well, I'm praying that you get something to eat. I'm praying that you find. No, no. We're co-laborers with him. We come alongside him. He does what we cannot do, but we are his hands and feet on this earth. Amen? Amen. We are co-laborers with him. He is calling you to that. Jesus' story is this. He said, everywhere you tell my story, everywhere this gospel's preached, I want her story told too. And this is his story. Number one, he loves you. John 3.16. Number two, he's got to work for you. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Okay, then get busy. And number three, Will you go all in? Like this woman, will you empty yourself? Will you empty yourself for Jesus? Because ask anybody who has. When you lose your life, you find it. When you give Jesus everything, he takes your life and he makes something beautiful out of it. He takes it and makes it something you could have never imagined. When you give the reins to him, you know, you'll see a lot of bumper stickers. God's my co-pilot. No, that's not how this works either. God's in charge of the plane. You're sitting in coach. God's the pilot. You let everybody else sit in first class. No, in fact, you're serving the, the peanuts and drinks. The third of a can of soda. Ooh, is this for the whole row? <laughs> I don't know where that got sidetracked that way. We, we, we have to go all in to be a follower of Jesus. Again, hear this as invitation. Jesus invites us to share in the work that he's doing on the earth. Amen? I want the River Church to be a place where people are bought in to Jesus. And to where we are saying, what can we do to help those in our community? What can we do to alleviate pain and suffering on those around us? Amen. Amen. Amen.